Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's episode on Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. All around the country over the last week to 10 days, we've seen mask requirements drop. In fact, people are returning to work at the Disney lot for the first time in months. And Victoria Alonso, the president of production of Marvel Studios, just tweeted out what she found in the lobby of the Frank Wells building. That's where Marvel headquarters is located in the Disney lot. What she says is, back to work and surprised by old friends. And in the display there, they have Tom Holland's Spider-Man outfit from No Way Home. Likewise, uh, William Defoe's Green Goblin and, and Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Plus, there's a Miss, Miss Minutes statue from the Loki limited series there. But also, Ms. Alonzo took a moment to look back on the past year or so in that she talked about how the pandemic took away our awake ability to work, but it didn't take away our ability to create. Last year, we created 46 hours of content and working on it mostly from home. And that included MCU films, some of which were released to theaters and some of which wound up on Disney+, Plus, plus various limited series. But what's a genuinely limited series as in one and done and which will continue? Now, I bring that up because Oscar Isaac, in recent comments, has seemed to suggest that Moon Knight will be a one-and-done. But, Aaron, you, you want to lend your skills to help to promote that. Is that correct? Well, no, I, I just think, you know, I, I've been in advertising for well over 20 years now, and I think if there's a company out there that plays their cards right, they could land a hell of a sponsorship deal. I mean, we were talking not that long ago about some really bad commercials that featured Hawkeye and Wanda and Vision for some car that I still can't remember the name of after all the time that we've spoken about it. And it's just, that's just horrible, horrible marketing. However, if someone say like, uh, you know, Tide, for example, were to land a deal with Moon Knight, because think about it, his costume's completely white. You're out there pummeling villains all night long, rolling around in the dirt and the filth and the muck getting blood all over you you go home you got to do a, a considerable amount of laundry before you can get your shiny whites back to shiny white and go back on patrol again keeping the streets safe and they do it all with the help with just two scoops of tide <laughs> what do you say jim sounds great right did you notice that just in the past week they announced that there is an ad supported version of disney plus coming so well, of I course there is You've got to have more pathways in. You don't want to give us the full price of admission. Give us half the price and watch some ads while you're at it. Some Someone else will pay your fee on your behalf. Trust me. Right? Mm, that deal's okay. always available. I just want to stress here again, folks, that especially the gentlemen who are going to sell the Tide ads now for Moon Knight, that, that the cut, some of this should go to Aaron Adams. Oh, while we're uh, talking about that, there was a series on Hulu not that long ago that was ad-supported um, with Nicole Kidman. It was Nine Perfect Strangers. Yes. If you happen to watch that, there were, I want to say, a, a bunch of commercials featuring two girls ordering maybe Grubhub or some other client doesn't matter. Um, but the commercials about, oh my God, did you see Becky in episode one did this? 
that's so crazy. What do you think is going to happen in, you know, later on in the episode? I don't know, but I can't wait to watch. Oh, here's a ham sandwich. And so, and then like, but in episode two, when it would come out, they had a commercial that was cut for the content of what was in that episode. And that is one thing that a lot of other big companies don't really think of how to, you know, it's like, how do you make your stuff appealing? You know, I really don't care about your ham sandwich being delivered. That's, but the fact that you're sitting there talking about the thing that I'm interested in at this moment, we're now talking like friends as opposed to you trying to sell me something. And, and now you're just like ham sandwich. And I'm like, sure. For a $6 delivery fee, why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, but of course, you know, what goes well with a, a ham sandwich is, of course, a glass of beer. And the wrap gift for Ms. Marvel was actually a beer tumbler. But uh, hmm. circling back to a Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. wait. Isn't versus... the lead of that well below the age of alcohol-consuming age? Well, maybe you could serve grape juice in it. I'm not entirely sure. But when I was gifted a similar tumbler at the opening of the NBC Sports Grill, they were very insistent beer tumbler. But I bring this up because, again, this was given to this was the wrap gift given to the production team who worked on Ms. Marvel, and it was emblazoned with season one. Which doesn't that infer that there will be a season two? Yes. You know, uh, it's weird because uh, my dad actually handed me uh it's not really a superstition it's just a station and mm-hmm. uh it's that uh, you should never go to the first annual anything because you never know if there's going to be a second annual right so uh you just go hey we're having a bowling thing this year and then if it turns off to be a hit you do another one and go hey this is the second year we're doing that thing and then you start the numbering mm-hmm. of the thing so uh, I would just call it Miss Marvel, the beer mug with Miss Marvel on it and leave it at that. Because if it, if it ends at season one, it's a cruel, sad reminder that you only got one season. <laughs> this is what's so weird about this week is that so much of the news comes in kind of left handed. Like we just had the Batman open uh, and do $134 million at the box office, which was great. Now, before hold on, before we jump forward, did you happen to also see the story where AMC was considering charging more to go see the Batman than other movies? I did see that, yes. Do you think that's like the new trend? Like you can go see today's equivalent of a driving Miss Daisy. You know, it's not action. It's not geek. <laughs> it's more art house. It's more thoughty, mm-hmm. more thoughtful. Slower pace, not as flashy, but a good story nonetheless. And you can uh, see it for two bucks over in theater too, or you can pay twenty dollars a ticket and go see the Batman. What do you do? Is I mean, is that the new is that the new trend right now to to fill up theaters, discount a less popular movie, and jack up the price on a popular one? It's so weird you bring this up because again, today is the very same day that the Walt Disney Company held its annual shareholders meeting where. Bob Chapek stood on stage and talked about how much money they've made off of their new lightning lane mm-hmm. and people doing things like Genie Plus. And it just, you have to assume, given when other major entertainment companies talk about these new revenue streams, that other folks in the entertainment business will sort of raise their head up and look at things like this. And it's just sort of like, am I surprised that an AMC considered doing this? Given what happened to the exhibition business during COVID, uh, no. 
Yeah, it seems like a great idea for them, a poor idea for the customers that, you know, are, are now just becoming willing to go back into the theater. It's like, and now you're going to raise the ticket price on me for the one movie I did want to go see? Jerk. Just today, we saw Warner Brothers push back a lot of release dates. We got, uh, for example, the DC League of Super Pets. That got pushed from May 20th to July 29th. Likewise, the Dwayne Johnson Black Adam film that was originally supposed to come out on uh, July 29th got pushed all the way back to October 21st. And and this is what kind of confuses me because what's being said, at least from Warner's, is a lot of what played into this was COVID. You know, it's like, oh, wait a minute, Disney just opened up Marvel offices and people are happily going back into back into work. Whereas here, maybe one of the reasons AMC is looking at a, a Batman and toying with the idea of raising the price Especially, isn't Batman also going to be showing up on HBO Max in, what, a month, six weeks, something like that? Is it going to be that quick? I don't know. I was, I wanted to go see it in theaters, but I'm still waiting a bit. I've just been terribly busy with, with other projects that I haven't been able to get out of the hoose. But uh, mm. I do want to go see it in a theater. However, if you say it's going to be on HBO Max relatively shortly from now, I just may wait it out. Yeah. Especially if the price of a jacked up ticket is equal to the uh, the equivalent of a month of HBO Max. There right. you go. There you go. Well, again, like I said, folks, the news is coming at us from odd angles this week. And speaking of the news, the news portion of this week's Marvelous Disney is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Which brings us to the the teaser trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, which talking with folks at Disney right now, they're saying it's very mixed message about when the first trailer for this Taika Waititi film will show up. Uh, Some folks were saying could be available online as early as a week to 10 days, but evidently there's another thing that's being discussed to the effect of, okay, if we do a 30-second cutdown of the trailer and then show that on Sunday, March 27th as part of the live broadcast of the Academy Awards, and but tease that if you want to see the full trailer, you have to t- tune in the next morning to Good Morning America. The one thing that seems to be for sure is that this teaser trailer will be in front of Morbius, which again arrives in theaters on April 1st. Mm. But the only other thing is that's certain, Taika Waititi was appearing at the uh, Independent Spirit Award last week and got asked by Variety, what's the status on Love and Thunder? And Taika's response was, it's still not finished. And the, the reporter from Variety pressed, well, when is this Marvel movie actually going to be finished? And it's like, Taika, you, you'll be proud of him, Aaron. He, he gave the not polished answer he said well look it, it comes out in july so yeah probably the end of june like the, <laughs> yeah there you go good on you taika like the day before the premiere mm-hmm. that, that's how we do things at marvel and um it's digital that, i'm gonna upload it directly to the first film that it's gonna project out onto yeah to me that sounds crazy but then i think back to that story that Robert Downey Jr. told about the i'm iron man moment in avengers endgame yeah. 
how that wasn't what they originally filmed? No, they had like 20 different endings that they went round and round on that. And then it was like weeks after they had filmed it. And then Robert Downey Jr. was probably off in the Bahamas somewhere going, oh, thank God I'm done filming that mess of a film. And then they're like, why is my cell phone going off? Didn't I have that turned off? It's actually a waiter coming to him with a little FedEx envelope that's vibrating. What the hell? Open that. Hello? Uh, you need to come back into the studio. We got the real ending. What? <laughs> yeah, we figured out we're going to bookend it. You're going to say it, and I am Iron Man the way that we ended the, the first one. It's a, it's a circle thing. Just get your ass back on the plane. Are you kidding me right now? Robert, get on the plane. Yeah, I'll be right there. Uh, can I get this pina colada to go, please? <laughs> I mean, to give the folks at Marvel Studios credit, and I'm Iron Man is so much better than sure. the what was it oh snap yeah what was that i, I would have spent you know a million dollars to get robert downey jr back on that plane from wherever bahamas fictional place he was at to to refilm mm-hmm. that it, it was worth it every penny they spent oh speaking of tropical locations and taika waititi yes. you have seen his new project that he's been working on right our flag means death I know that name, but what is our flag mean death about? It's uh, an HBO Max original, and uh, Taika plays Blackbeard, and they're pirates. Oh, God, yes, I have seen. The, oh, my God, this looks wonderful. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. If you're a fan of, of what we do in the shadows, it's like that show, but for pirates, right? Yeah, you've nailed it in one. That, that's exactly what it was, and I remember... Seeing that trailer and it just sort of like, it kind of made me feel bad for the the poor executive who's sitting at Disney right now, trying to figure out how to revive Pirates of the <laughs> and Caribbean. This comes out, without you're like, Johnny Depp. <laughs> no, that's it exactly. You know, it's just sort of like, oh, okay. Well, well, well. Speaking of, of folks who compete of sorts with Disney, we now turn our attention to uh, the folks at Sony uh, and Columbia, who on the heels of the crazy success of Spider-Man No Way Home have decided that they want to do what Marvel does. Uh, or excuse me, I should be clear, Marvel Studios. I mean, remember, once upon a time, you used to have to wait more than a year to get a Spunk film. In fact, if we go back to Spider-Man Homecoming, debuts in theaters July of 2017, 65 weeks would have to go by before we got the very next bump project, uh, Venom. And no longer. Evidently, Sony Pictures Columbia have decided they are now officially going with the Marvel Studios playbook. In a weird sort of way, we were just talking about exhibitors and, you know, oh God, please, yes, send us more superhero films. So, for example, Morbius uh, comes out beginning of next month, April 1st. And 27 weeks will go by before we get our next pump grease, which is the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. That comes out October 7th. And then just 14 weeks after that is when we get Craven the Hunter, which you were saying you've been paying attention to. Because that's been casting up really fast over the last week or so, right? Yeah, well, it was, I want to say, like, last week they had cast someone to play the Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Which is Craven's half brother, and then uh, and if for those that don't know and can't guess from that tricky name, the chameleon, his 
His ability is he's a master of disguise, like a chameleon. So, voila. And uh, then most recently, we've got another character that I think his name has to be updated because his character's name is The Foreigner. Yeah. And that just doesn't sound very friendly to anybody at this point. Yeah, hey, you foreigner, go back to where you came from. It just, it's got the wrong vibe to it. So, uh, Anyway, I, I think that the they may not even reference that name for this character and just let him use whatever his original character name was. Mm -hmm. I don't recall his, his alias. But he was married to Silver Sable. Yep. So I, I would call him Mr. Sable. Even if that's not his last name, I'm going to call him Mr. Sable. Okay, that, that's very open-minded. Well, because I, I know Silver wears the guns in the family. <laughs> So when the woman wears the guns, you address the uh, other one as uh, Mr. Sable. Now, I, have we mentioned who's playing the title character yet? And I guess what I'm kind of intrigued by this is... How many times the same person can play a Marvel person? Does this allow him to pass Chris Evans? Because didn't Chris Evans do Johnny Storm and Captain America? Right, so he's at two. Okay, but this is Aaron Taylor Johnson... Uh, who played uh, Wanda's brother, Quicksilver, in Avengers Age of Ultron. And, in fact, he was the one we were waiting for in uh, WandaVision. Which, by the way, I, I should mention, I finally got my art of book for WandaVision mm -hmm. this week. But because of the whole supply chain issues and all that, it seems a weird thing to complain about, but all of the other Marvel... Art of books have come with a lovely slipcover to protect them. And this one, no slipcover. And I guess next week or thereabouts is when the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, one debuts as well. And I'll be intrigued to see what happened there. But I think at this point, it's just sort of the notion of, look, this art of book is arriving a full year after the show aired. Just be happy you got it, dumbass. You're lucky they didn't ship you like the first half, you know, and then no, the second half exactly. of the book so it's months like, later. Yeah, you, you want to whine about the slip cover? Yeah. Okay, oh, no book. No book for you. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, back to uh, Craven the Hunter, which, uh, again, they've got a locked-in already January 13th, 2023 release date. Also worth noting that Sony... Next year has two additional Spump projects scheduled. Amy Pascal, especially on the heels of the, the enormous success of No Way Home. It's just sort of like, okay, we're going to do what Marvel Studios is. We're going to do three of these a year. And the year they picked to do this, 2023, is the year that Marvel does four. We've got The Marvels uh, coming out February 17th of 2023, and then a mere 11 weeks later, we get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then uh, 12 weeks after that, we get Ant-Man Quantumania, which comes out in July of 2023, and then we have to wait a whole 14 weeks for a yet-to-be-named Marvel film that's coming out in November of 2023. And you have to remember that we're going to be having... In between these things, all sorts of series, uh, you know, produced by Marvel showing up on Disney Plus, which brings me to the Daredevil news. Did you, were you following this at all last week? No, we get in movies or we get in series. Murphy's Multiverse noticed that a new production LLC was formed two weeks ago. 
called Blind Faith Productions, which has been attached to Marvel Studios. So, uh, and you, you have to remember, Matt Murdock is a Catholic yep. and is literally blind. Also, Geeks Worldwide, a, a Casey Walsh who, who works with those folks, basically said, look, this is a Daredevil reboot that's supposed to start shooting late this year. And to give Casey credit, he, he says, I did ask Disney and they denied it, but it wouldn't be the first, second, or third time they denied something to me that was revealed later. And then uh, My Time to Shine Hello also corroborated this info, saying that this Daredevil reboot could begin shooting in late 2022 or early 2023 with the original cast returning. Why? Why? Why reboot it? That's that. I, I will scream this all day. What was so wrong with the original Daredevil? Was it just the fact that Netflix had their title associated with it that you have to take your toys and go home, even if it was still really cool? Charlie Cox himself, the gentleman who played Matt Murdock and Daredevil, when asked about if the Disney were to revive the show, what would you want to do? And he actually mentioned that. He wasn't necessarily all that confident in the storyline for the third season of the show on Netflix. And it might be more of a case of, yeah, let's step away from that. That's fine. I mean, you can, there's enough time has passed mm -hmm. since we've had season three of Daredevil till now. To where anybody in the audience who has seen Daredevil back then and we see him now will go, hey, about five years have passed. Stuff's changed. Whatever you, mm -hmm. whatever path you were on then with season three, different times now. Uh, and and you can start in a totally fresh place mm -hmm. without having to necessarily, uh, if you realize that parts of season three were an error, you don't have to go back and acknowledge them, but you don't have to undo seasons one and two as a result of that either. You just have to not mention stuff in, as you go forward, right? That's all you got to do. Just don't bring it up. Supposedly, Matt Murdock will turn up on She-Hulk before we get to see this supposed relaunch of, of Daredevil. So maybe that will offer us a, a sense of the creative direction the show will take if it if it does, in fact, get revived by Disney+. Plus. I mean, they're always changing the costumes, so that's no big deal. I mean... There's a there's so many things that are always being changed in these situations that it just doesn't seem necessary to do the old cutting off of the nose despite the face routine. The very thing you just mentioned about changing the costume, which then allows you to make new toys. Yeah. Do you think that might actually be also playing in here? No, because no, life? because they do that no matter what. You know, it doesn't matter who's in control of it. They still always have that as part of the game plan. Spider-Man <laughs> has never had the same costume in any movie. He's oh, had God, two no. or three costume changes per show. I mean, he, he goes through more wardrobe changes than a Miss Universe pageant contestant. The whole point is, as soon as Disney has the ability to, to give them a flashy new Marvel costume, they're going to do it. They're going to make a toy out of it, and that's always the status quo. So why not do you know previous toys based on their devil? Because it didn't seem like there were that many to begin with back then. Mm -hmm. So you can do the old Daredevil and the new Daredevil side by side, do a collector set. 
you know? I mean, we've got 10 different Doctor Stranges coming out right now, for crying out loud. And that was the thing, you know, back in the old Spider-Man, uh, when it was the Sam Raimi movies with Doc Ock, mm-hmm. when the toys came out, uh, Doc Ock was basically a chase figure because hmm. there were... 15 different varieties of Spider-Man. There's Spider-Man jumping through a wall, Spider-Man hanging from a string, Spider-Man that has suction cups that sticks to a window, Spider-Man that just stands there and does nothing. Um, And it was like out of every couple of boxes, you got a Dr. Octopus. And so I had to hunt forever and I found two of them. And they never left the package because they were just so damn rare. And I never saw any on a peg after I got mine. I had never saw one on a peg in a store after that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of these things where sometimes they're really great with their toys. Sometimes they're really lousy with their toys. And uh, that Doc Ock was a classic example of, you know, I'll give you 95 Spider-Men, but no one to fight with. <laughs> and it's like, what? How am I supposed to play? I can't have, what, am I just supposed to have three Spider-Men pointing at each other? Oh, wait, no. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. I tell you what, folks, we were just talking about She-Hulk. And when we get back from this break, Aaron's going to share some news out of uh, Disney shareholders meeting in regard to this limited series. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When did you get this news out of the shareholders meeting? This is from thedirect.com. And it it was from this evening. So it is very fresh, hot of the oven, fresh news like Mm. mom used to bake. And uh, it is talking about Mr. Chapek Mm -hmm. uh, giving some bad news at the shareholder meeting. Mm-hmm. That after Moon Knight concludes, that Miss Marvel will end up being the next series to come out, and that She Hulk will be arriving later this year, with heavy quotes and emphasis on later this year after Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a rumor 
only mildly connected to this story, Jim, that there was going to be a, a possible Avenger in Moon Knight. And you were commenting you thought it might have been Blade making an early entrance, possibly maybe. I have now heard two different stories that Mahershala Ali's Blade character either will debut as part of Werewolf by Night holiday special that, that's going to be coming out in October uh, as a Halloween offering on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned that you saw this Moon Knight story. Yeah, and they're, they're having uh, the premonition of Mark Ruffalo coming early because he's going to be associated with the She-Hulk series. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, you can't make a... Hulk movie, Jim, because of that darn Universal deal. So we got to put this guy to work in any way that we can. And as long as it's not called Hulk, we can use him. So let's put him maybe in Moon Knight for a glimpse, and that will line us up for him to be the thread that ties us maybe to She-Hulk. Interesting. Okay. So this news came out of the, the shareholders meeting today. We also got the Avengers Campus and how... That's supposed to serve as the entrance to the Super Deluxe E-Ticket Plus attraction, the Battle of Wakanda ride. Today, Bob Chapek basically admitted that that project got defunded. No, 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 he didn't say that. He said it got a title change. It's now the battle for funding Wakanda. Yes, <laughs> picking up the people in the park and shaking them by their <laughs> right. eye. In fact, there we go. That's what the Hulk will be doing. We, we brought the shareholders of- here because we know you have money. Now, Judith will be passing around my hat, and I would like you to start dig deep. We're looking for about 30 to 40 million just to pave the lot and get started. But supposedly this attraction got defunded. In addition, the Mary Poppins meet and greet super deluxe uh, thing for Epcot's UK pavilion also uh, wound up getting delayed or defunded. Okay, well, real quick question about that. How how much exactly does it cost to make a meet and greet? Isn't that just a, a fancy costume and some well, makeup and an actress or what? Super deluxe meet and greet. What's super deluxe about it? Is it tomatoes I... and sour cream? I don't know. Mr. Chapek was not having a particularly good meeting today. Do some of these things happen in, like, do they have a a staging area that would have to be built, say, for uh, that type of thing? The thing is, you have to see the concept uh, art that was created for this. What they basically did was on the back half of the uh, United Kingdom at Epcot, they were planning on building... Cherry Tree Lane, the entire street where 17 Cherry Tree Lane, the house where Mary was the nanny for the bank's children, was supposed to be built. And then in order to get capacity, they will create upwards of three different meet and greet spaces that are identical. And they will staff each of these spaces with a cast member dressed as Anna and Elsa or Mary Poppins or Mickey or, or that sort of thing. So with the three different rooms, and, and the thing is that they're set up in such a way that when you come in, you don't know you're being directed to one of three rooms. You just right. know you're being taken to the room where the character is. Yeah, if you've got to do all that, I can I can understand cutting the expense. See, I thought you would just call Michael Rooker and hand him an umbrella and have him go, Hey, y'all, I'm Mary Poppins! Uh, and now you bring me to the Guardian's news. We had Disney's corporate communications officer not all that long ago tweet out that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Epcot's new thrill ride would be open Memorial Day weekend. Numerous people landed on this gentleman. Uh, he pulled down the tweet and put up a tweet to the effect of, oh, it's opening this summer. And, and Mr. Chapek 
basically said the same thing, only even less definite. Sometime this summer, we're going to get our wonderful new Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Epcot. And did you see this secret cinema story that, that broke just a day or so ago? No, I, I did not. Back in January of 2020... Walt Disney Studios announced that they were cutting a deal with Secret Cinema. It's this London-based company that specializes in staging these, these unique, highly immersive movie-based experiences where people can literally enter the world of a favorite film of theirs. These folks have done sci-fi films and TV shows like Blade Runner, Alien, and Stranger Things. They've also done warmer, quirkier uh, things like, for example, Rick's Cafe American from Casablanca, the Grand Hotel Budapest, even the opulent nightclub from Moulin Rouge. And the one that just kind of horrified me, though, Aaron, is back in 2012, 2013, they literally did a, a Shawshank Redemption-based experience staged in a library in East London and I don't even want to think about it. How do, you, how do you get out, right? There we go, all right? Please leave through the toilet. <laughs> yes. I, I don't. Uh. But anyway, Disney had gone over, seen these environments, and I was like, oh, we have to work together. And here are all our IPs. Which ones do you want to do? And they announced the seal in, in January 2020, and of course, less than two months later, the world effectively shuts down due to the pandemic. This August in London, they're going to do, as their first collaboration with the Walt Disney Company, uh, Secret Cinema is going to create a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 themed experience in a yet-to-be-revealed location in London, opening in August, and will run through December of this year. It's going to give participants the ability to join the Ravagers. So, Mary Poppins, y'all. Uh, you can cho choose your Ravager clan, dodge the Nova Corps, and set off for an action-packed adventure in search of galactic riches and interplanetary fame. And with an awesome mixtape of funk and mischief, eye-popping space spectacle galore, you and your crew can enjoy the thrills of Contraxia, brave the dangers of the Klin, and hustle, smuggle, and bribe your way around in a quest on the lawless planet of nowhere. There is glory to be won, legends to be made, and a universe to be saved. In just in the past week to 10 days, we've had the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser open at Walt Disney World. Two-day-long, you know, cruise on land, $6,000 a cabin. But here's the thing, the notion of doing this same sort of thing, only is a temporary evening-long immersive experience. And what's especially fascinating about this choice, about using this as the first collaboration between Secret Cinema and Disney, is think about it. This summer, Quill, Rocket, Groot, and Drax will be front of mind because, of course, we've got Thor Love and Thunder opening in theaters on July 8th. Pre-sale tickets went on sale today. And they start at 59 pounds with a booking fee. Mm -hmm. And the full experience culminates in a screening of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So it's not a question of you watch the movie and then enter the world. You're in the world and then you watch the movie. And remember, the, the thing that's being built in London is supposed to run from August to December. And what I've been told is if it does well, there is talk 
of this concept coming stateside and, and particularly being built out in L.A. somewhere for the summer of Guardians being out of Guardians Volume 3. See, on the one hand, I think it's a smart idea that, you know, with, with travel restrictions, COVID, trips being delayed, a lot of people in, in uh, Europe and a lot of people in the UK, if they have to plan ahead six months to a year to make travel plans, right, to come visit, if they can't come to you, why not go to them? So to put a thing of yours in London so they can just stay at home and, you know, in their local territory, but still consume it and you can make money off them, that's, that's brilliant. I guess the, the bigger question here is, think about this. This is the first collaboration uh, with Disney with Secret Cinema. And what else, you know, I mean... Oh, geez, they could do everything they've ever done in their entire history. But at, at the same time, I'm wondering, given this is a very intimate, high-touch, immersive experience, you know, right. I, I, don't get me wrong, I want it to work. I want it to be successful because I want to see things like, you know, for example... At, uh, oh God, this would have been Comic-Con in June of 2010, where they did the Terminal Bar for just four days in San Diego. They created the, this bar from, from Tron Legacy. And you can do these sorts of things without having to spend the hundreds of millions of dollars that were spent on Star Wars The Galactic Star Cruiser. Once upon a time, in my younger days, there was a place in Tulsa, Oklahoma called Molly Murphy's. Mm -hmm. And it was a themed restaurant where all of the characters, all of, all of the uh, wait staff were actors doing their thing. And so we had a black beard for a waiter and there was a Flash Gordon and a mermaid and, and they're all characters. And uh, they would do things like they would uh, said, oh, hey. We're getting ready to make little boy soup. And the guy picked me up and threw me over his shoulder and took me into the kitchen, kicking and screaming. And uh, the whole way, yelling, little boy soup, little boy soup, get ready, we're making little boy soup. And uh, took me back in the kitchen, yelled, yelled to the cook, get the pot out, the big pot, we got a little fat one here, little boy soup time. And the guy pulled out a very large pot that I thought I could fit into. And I was, no, no, not little boy soup, anything but little boy soup. And uh, it was a super cool restaurant. Mm. Made memories that lasted uh, well over 40 years now. Anyway, mm -hmm. think of all the restaurants, all the places that were hurt by the pandemic, the places that went under that were, you know, uh, now vacant. Mm -hmm. And Disney could do a pop-up, blow a bunch of money, take over a spot, do a really, really well-themed, super awesome whether it be dinner and cocktails and entertainment or a, not quite escape room, but, you know, something that's interactive in that sort of way that keep you entertained for the evening. Charge you an arm and a leg, and then after two or three months of, you know, you hit the, the major city you're in and you advertise to the surrounding area and you, you milk it for all it's worth, and then you uh, close it up and go somewhere else and do it all over again. <sighs> I mean, you did That's, it with like ice capades and stuff like that, right? They you did. Know, where they you did. I have a troop that does a thing. What's always a little frustrating about Disney is that there's money and then there's money. Right. They and, want the money. <laughs> and that's it exactly. You know, there's, you know, for example, Disney Quest, the, the indoor theme park chain, that, that at one point there were plans to build 30 of these around the world. And 
they only got the two of them built uh, in uh, the prototype in Orlando and the the first of the chain in Chicago. And I, I want to say they had dug the foundation in Philadelphia. And that was it. The chain died because it was like, oh, my God, we're only making money on the weekends because it's like, what a surprise. Children are in school, you know, during the week. Right. And it was just, mind you, they were making ridiculous money on the weekends. Mm. But again, it was Disney. It's like, oh, I thought we'd make hundreds of millions. And here we are. We're just making these paltry millions. Well, you know, part of their business plan for many years was the idea of the vault where you did something, you know, you had a movie and it came out and then you locked it away and you wouldn't sell it for 20 years or whatever, five, Mm -hmm. 10 years. And then you'd bring it back out and you, oh, this is the diamond edition. And then the platinum edition would come out five years after that. But then after a while, it'd go in the vault. It's just one of those things because they kept that exclusivity idea intact with that concept of the vault. And uh, this is kind of one of those same ideas, I think, with the that secret cinema in London is... um, I don't think it's going to it's going to last forever. It's not meant to last forever. It's a limited time thing, right? And mm-hmm. and if it works and it works well, they're going to start opening up their ideas of, you know, like their imagineers are going to go, "What else can we do that you didn't think of yet?" You know, what are what are your capabilities? What are your limitations? And how can we mm-hmm. expand on this idea and make it more Disney-like? And then we'll really make something uh, a real experience, you know, like that hotel the only problem with that is the conversations that evidently they've already had in Anaheim and Paris and I want to say Tokyo about each of those getting their own galactic star cruiser with the notion of they too can get $6,000 a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think you're right. It doesn't have to be a star cruiser exactly, just any of their IP that they want to get out into the public without having to come to the park. That It's a limited no, time. That. I get that. That and Disney, uh, you know, Disney has tried this in various forms. There's a, a thing that they called the Disney Fair that literally they they wanted to get into the state fair market, and you know, I want to say that they tried it out in Pulley Up, Washington, and it was this the very same story we were just telling. You know, Disney made money, but not money, right? Yeah, and it just sort of like we spent all this money to make money, and we're only making money, and. They gutted the idea of doing it stateside, but they sent it overseas for a couple of years and eventually pulled the plug. But I guess I, to bring this full circle here, it would be fascinating to to hear from our listeners about if secret cinema, if this Guardians thing. Oi, Christopher Ripley over in the UK. Listen up, <laughs> chap. This is for you. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. We, we, we want a hands-on Go buy a ticket. Yeah, because he's all about the universal horror, Halloween horror nights. So, I mean, this seems like a thing that he would naturally enjoy. So, yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll buy you a pint, Chris. Give me a call. Okay. Yes, we'd love to hear your take on this. But in the meantime, what other IPs from uh, Disney, as Marvel, Star Wars? What else? You know, should Disney be eyeballing here? You know, and and chatting with the folks at Secret Cinema about. And uh, what would you like to see, folks? I think, well, they've also got, you know, Star Wars available, so... And I'm kind of surprised that they didn't hit them up because Star Wars seems like a natural type of fit for that type of event. But, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is, you know... Like I said, between Thor, Love and Thunder, the Holiday Special, and, you know, Guardians Volume 3, that's three products to push 
in the same window, of, uh, yeah, let alone yeah, the, sure. the Groot, the animated series that's also coming to Disney+. Plus. They had a new image of Groot for that, by the way. And so, you know, your normal traditional baby looking Groot. Mm-hmm. And that was that. But he had some foliage, some very, very green. And it looked like if you just keep his body and his head and his legs, mm-hmm. but you replace his arms and give him Popeye arms, but they're made out of green leafy foliage, kind of like a shrubbery. And uh, then he had like an Elvis hairdo also made of the green foliage shrubbery look. And uh, yeah, it looked super cute for a little group. I have no idea what their intentions are with the show, but who doesn't love some group fun? So why not? I, I get that. Uh, one last bit of news before we head out the door here. I think we talked last week about the Elizabeth Olsen super deal that supposedly got cut with Marvel Studios, tying her up for the next seven years or so and mm-hmm. working on various projects. One of them supposedly is doing Wanda as part of an I Am Groot episode, which I wonder if she's going to be the one who gets to see Groot with his his Elvis foliage haircut. You know, it's kind of like how in Batman has uh, Commissioner Gordon with the the light shines up in the Mm. sky. I can now imagine Elizabeth Olsen sitting at home trying to have a nice relaxing dinner with her significant other, you know, glass of wine, music playing in the background, phone rings, it's Kevin Feige. Put on the suit. What? Who is this? You know who it is. Put on the suit. Ah, damn it. Where do I have to go? Morocco. Why? We're doing a Groot thing. Groot? Really? Kevin, are you for real? Just put on the suit and get on the plane to Morocco. How long do I have to do this? Seven years, girl. We've got you for seven years. You're on the hook. When we wrap this show tonight, folks, I'm I'm going to take the shrink wrap off of this uh, Art of One division and find out what else they have planned for Ms. Olsen. I'm sure we'll get to see a couple outfits in there. But uh, in the meantime, folks, thank you for listening to this week's uh, Marvelous Disney. Aaron, uh, you know, if folks are looking to follow you on social media, where might they find you? Oh, please go to Twitter and you can find me at Azaprod for the most up-to-date tips on crocheting, as well as fashion tips that always have a touch of velour. Head on over to Twitter, follow Azaprod, and you are certain to be greatly disappointed. That may be my favorite pronunciation of allure I've ever heard. <laughs> um, okay. For us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's Jim Hill Media. And over on Facebook, it's Jim Hill Media News. And I guess that's going to do it for this week, folks. But like I said, if you have any secret cinema suggestions, we'd love to hear them. And beyond that, Aaron and I will be back with a brand new show next week.